Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, MW3 is finally here. We're going to be talking about our thoughts on the game, as well as a pretty good amount of news. I hit the timeline. Finally, we got the roster announcements for London and Vegas, and then we finally got an actual rumor of what the LAG roster could look like. That one is not announced or confirmed, but we have seen screenshots of that team scrimming, so... With the announcements from a lot of reliable sources, we can kind of assume that is the case. Uh, some crazy news in the development studios uh, that make Call of Duty. You're going to talk about that. Some retirements of Challengers players and a sad day for all of the esports community with game battles apparently shutting its doors. So if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on the audio platforms. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review. You guys killed it with support in the last one. We could tell that the game is finally coming back because all of a sudden the numbers are back. Uh, the interactions are back, the views, the likes, everything was back, and we love to see it, so can't wait to see what we can do as the season gets into swing here, because the season's not even here yet, and you guys all came back with some great support, so we appreciate it. Without further ado, let's just jump right into this one. Brock, how you doing today? Oh, doing, doing pretty good for a fine, fine Monday you know, here in Wisconsin, you know, warmer than expected, surprisingly, so, you know, that's a plus, but, you know, other than yeah. that... Oh, game's out. Played a little bit, you know. Excited, excited for the game. That's what I'll yeah. say for now. I wasn't able to play as much as I would like to in the first weekend, but I was able to play a pretty good amount last night, and I'm overall pretty satisfied. Obviously, like any game, there's going to be negatives, there's going to be positives, there's going to be things you don't like as much, especially off launch. There's always things that need to be fixed in any game, but we'll we'll jump into our thoughts on MW3. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast with that actually because there's a lot of roster news which normally if there's any cdl specific news we try to get to that first just because i mean that's what most of you guys are, are here listening for that's what we're mostly here to talk about um so let's talk about the rosters first london royal ravens or not london i wrote it because i'm so used to it i'm sorry carolina royal ravens uh announced their roster of clayster god rx gwyn and real this isn't like a super surprise to us. This was the rumor that we had heard, you know, the last couple of weeks uh, or last week at least. You know, it was kind of coming down to like, was it going to be uh, Fame, I believe, or Gwyn on this team was kind of like the last moving part. They went with Gwyn. Uh, I honestly, we talked about it last week, but I I don't hate this roster. Uh, Clay obviously is, is a good player to lead these new players like Gwyn and Real and seems to have a lot of success when he does so. Gwyn and Real, why not take a shot on two ta- uh, talented Challengers players? And then Godrx, we know he can put up the numbers and can be a solid second AR. So overall, honestly, I, I like the look of the roster. Yeah. yeah. I also don't mind the roster from what the pool of players that were left from mm-hmm. Carolina Royal Ravens or Vegas Legion. You know, they got they got a world champion in place too. So bring bring that veteranship, you know, and Godrx is like the more slay heavy. So when Clay's, you know, you know, not not shooting straight that much, gotta have to pick it up. We hope so. And I like the, I like to pick up Gwyn over Fame. I think Gwyn just has more upside than Fame overall. Yeah, it's kind of like Gwyn gets that benefit of like that we haven't seen him play in the CDL yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we saw Fame. Um, I still think Fame is a really good player. I think he got such an unfair shake. Yeah, They're last year with what he got thrown into a role where he he wasn't used to and all that. Yeah, they made him play every role possible, like yeah. one, one month at a time. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a great situation. I, I still think Fame has some untapped potential because I mean, 
I watched him in the CCL and I watched him at that Minnesota event. And that dude was like one of the best players in the challengers venue that weekend. He was frying um, mm-hmm. in his natural role. So I still have faith in him. But yeah, the big thing that you mentioned is within the player pool. Like once again, like saying a team is good or bad is in some ways relative to like what they're able to acquire. So like if we're comparing this team to phase and optic in Toronto and New York, yeah, they're definitely on a lower tier than those teams. But relative to what they had the ability to pick up, I think mm-hmm. they made themselves a pretty good team. Like I could see this team on the right day competing with those top teams I just mentioned and maybe forcing a game five or on the right day. Maybe they can pull off an upset, whereas some of the rosters they could have made, uh, they're definitely just getting three out constantly by those teams. Am I saying that they're going to beat the top teams consistently? Absolutely not. But I-, I could see this team forcing those teams to have a tough match, take a map, make the other maps close, have it be a really scrappy three one and like. I could see this team upsetting other teams that are outside the top four. And on the right weekend, this team could easily find themselves getting like a top six or something and maybe pushing mm-hmm. a little further. Yeah. I will say is Clayster teams usually, you know, they don't get blown out of the water too often. And, you know, they do, mm-hmm. they do pretty well for what the roster is. I'm sure he had somewhat of a hand, at least in picking out Gwen and Riel mm-hmm. uh, as his sub duo, picking two young uh, unproven players, which what we know about Clayster, he tends to do well uh, in situations where he gets those young talents. I mean, you look at all of his world championships, they have something in common. I mean, he got the young cracked player in Attach in AW. Um, and Attach was an absolute beast at that AW champs, and he was at the time the youngest player to ever win mm-hmm. a world championship. So he got that young player in Attach. Obviously, uh, fast forward into BO4, uh, Simp and Abizi. We all know the story with those two and where they've come since then. But, you know, Abizi was in the league a little bit before that, but that was really his breakout year with Clay. And then obviously Sim comes in and best player in the game. Clay was Mm -hmm. able to, you know, win with those two. Fast forward into MW. The next year he gets Shotzi and Illy. And even Hook at the time. I mean, Hook had played for a while, but was a a relatively unproven player in terms of winning. Gets those guys, they instantly win. Um, And kind of the story goes on and on. So am I saying Gwyn and Real are going to be Shotzi and Illy or Simp and Abizi. Uh No, absolutely not. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Clay is, is good with those young, talented subs. So I'm excited to see if he can, you know, turn this team into a champs team. I mean, that's the goal for this team, right? Yeah. They probably don't have lofty goals to win a bunch of events, but their goal is to make the champs. Yep. Squeaking eighth. No matter how, how they do it. As long as you, they get there. you never know what can happen. Yep. You know, on the right day, you know, every, every day is different for Cod. It's, I mean, yeah, for COD especially, one good weekend and you could be world champions. I mean, we've seen it before. World War II, that EG team, nobody yep. expected. Um, even on certain non-champs weekends, LAG, when we were at the event, Major 2, nobody expected that to happen. You know, one good weekend to COD and you never know what can happen. You just got to make it there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Vegas announced the roster as well. We kind of talked about this one last week also because it was rumored, but it's official now. Attach, Purge, Standy, and Nero. I'm kind of in the same boat with this one. I maybe even like it a little bit more than mm-hmm. the Carolina roster simply from the fact that like the submachine gun play is so important and I know Standy and Nero and think they could be really good. So like there's a lot more questions for me with that Carolina roster because I just don't know as much about Gwyn and Real. Could they yep. be better than Standy and Nero? Absolutely. But I just know a little bit more about this team so I feel a little bit more comfortable in like where I place them in my head. But another team that I think their goal is obviously going to be just qualifying for champs but I, I think that they could be a scrappy team that, you know, could crack some top sixes. Yeah. I feel like they could be like a 
for the Boston when they're playing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. I say yeah. They 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 can be like Boston, you know, either top six, you know, top four, top five, and then or is bottom out. Yeah, both these teams that we just talked about definitely could have like bottom out top twelve performances easily. Yeah, but also like if everything's clicking once again, this team stands out on paper as a search and destroy team as well. Yep. I I just. I I just think Nero is like so underrated. So do I. It's just like the thing for him is finding consistency. Yeah. It's like, but when but when he's on, he's like he's frying with 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 the simpitabies. And he sets pace, mm-hmm. which I think is really big because uh, Standy to me fills in more of the role of where Standy can speed it up, but he fills more of the role of you know the slay heavy SMG kind of filling those gaps behind Nero, who I see is more of an entry fast SMG. I I think their play styles fit well together. Like I think Nero will go in first for Standy and just be a very fast cracked SMG, just trying to make plays and open up the map for his team. And and Standy, I think can pick up the slaying slack that Nero might like just because he's playing so fast. It's hard to put up consistent slaying numbers that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Standy can pick that up. And to me, this team all comes down to purge because I know attached is going to give me consistent numbers, consistent, like, good plays and kills in the main AR role. And I think I can trust Nero as a pretty good entry. And I think I can trust Dandy in that second SMG role. It's just can purge slay. I know he's an excellent search and destroy player, but can he keep up and respawn? Uh, I just don't know as much about him, obviously with the whole challengers thing, but um, if purge can come out and, and slay pretty consistently behind these SMG with attached behind him, I, I think this team has, has some upset potential. Yeah, most definitely. I'm I'm hoping for the best for Purge. Yeah, it's it's not a typically a great thing for a rookie to come in on the Vegas Legion. Uh, so hopefully the story's different for him because usually uh, rookies that join the Legion don't don't fare too well. Yeah, have have a lot of pressure on him too. You know, playing some good players. Yeah, he actually comes into a pretty decent roster for his first year in the league. A lot of times you're just trying to prove that you can can hang and you get on a bad roster and then you roster hop your way onto. A good team, but you know, he might have a chance to make some noise with his team right away. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um, then we had the rumor of LAG, the last team that we're not officially knowing our roster of. This should be like a crime. Like, you should have to have your roster out by the time the game releases. Yeah, it should uh, be. <laughs> like, we know that all the organizational changes and stuff they're going through over there, but the rumored roster, honestly, comes out not lo- like I was expecting it to be like, like a group of players you never even heard of, maybe. Because they just like nobody wanted to play for this org that was crumbling and all that. We've heard that they now might not have a head coach. Mm-hmm. They just might be coachless for the year. I heard that. Um, but the rumored roster is Diamond Con, Gunless, Asim, and Kremp. So all players we're familiar with. Obviously, Diamond Con been a little bit since we've seen him in the CDL, but saw him uh, in Cold War and stuff and was a pretty solid player. Uh, Gunless, obviously, we all know him at his peak, was arguably the best player in some titles. Uh, Asim and Kremp that you know when I see that that makes me excited for this team because everybody knows that uh, we're both big Asim fans I'm a gunless fan as well I think this team actually if true has potential yeah I do love the the trio of gunless Asim and Kremp yeah like I mean when I look at Diamond Con is a little bit shaky I feel but when he played in the league he was not bad yeah I feel like he he actually held hold his own, but like, I think it's just more about like the team team atmosphere that that's why kind of got yeah 
I, just, I don't want to know. The reason I look at this team and I like it is because I think Gumless especially can pick up a lot of like if his subs aren't as good, I still think like he can pick up a lot of slain slack because we've seen Gunless be um, the best player in the game. Like I said, at times, obviously, he's he's well removed from that. So it's yet to be seen if he can hit that form. And last time we saw him in the league, he was going through like health issues and a bunch of stuff uh, mm-hmm. on LAG. And that kind of obviously affected his play and then sidelined him. And then obviously they go on to win that event. Um, and it was just a weird year for him there in Vanguard. The thing that attracts me to this team to maybe think that they have potential, I think this team probably ends up towards our bottom four just because somebody has to be the bottom four. But once mm-hmm. again, this team has upset potential. I think this submachine gun duo could be annoying. That could be a fast submachine gun duo. Yeah, it's me running all in your spot. You're not even knowing where they are and all that. Yeah. Like, this is a terrible example, but it kind of reminds me of like when you hear like Octane talk about how Optic was in scrims. Last year, where the, he would say like Shotzi and Hook were just so fast online and scrims, where they had that like. Remember when Octane was talking about how like Optic didn't lose like a hard point map in scrims for like fifty maps or whatever he was saying, like something crazy. Yeah, and he was saying it was just because like <clears throat> Hook and Shotzi would just run you down and play so fast that like their playstyle was just insane. You couldn't keep up. Now I definitely don't think Asim and Crump are going to be playing like online Hook and Shotzi, but yeah. <laughs> that style I'm kind of thinking could could cause some chaos for teams because those two will run it down yeah they they do not care about dying <laughs> yeah and in gunless and diamond i think you pick up the slack in maybe slaying that's caused by this super fast play but i think like early on in the year this team could cause upsets and hardpoint and stuff just because like the play style usually the game speeds up as we go along but asim and cramp might have you know the pedal to the floor right away and mm-hmm. just be running it down and it might throw teams off. So I, I could see this team like getting off to a quick start and respawn that people don't expect. Yeah. I will say though, is if you know the sub duel is not on, on form and you know oh, yeah. it'll be tough. Yeah. That's that's why this team is scary, the consistency of those two. I just think that like they could have random series where they're both running and just hitting all their timings right. Mm-hmm. And they just pull off an upset that you never expect. But I probably expect them to settle down into the the bottom four, because I think organizationally they're going to be challenged. They're probably not going to have a coach, probably not going to have any analysts uh, like other teams. So like going to be all on the players to do a lot of that random work that a coach and an analyst would help you with. Yeah. And that's like once a- again, if this is one of our bottom teams, I would say in general, this is better than bottom teams we've seen in the past. Like I, I could see this team being competitive in a lot of matches. Yeah. But like, like you said, the head coach slash if analysts, if they don't have one, We'll most definitely do them. Yeah, just those little things that the analysts can help you with are can go a long way. Yeah, and then that puts more pressure on the players if they have to do that. Yeah, they can't play as much. Thankfully, they do have a couple vets in like Gunless and Asim, and both Kremp and Dimacon have played in the CDL, so it's not like they have completely inexperienced players. But still, you you would always like to have those extra minds and analysts giving you data. Mm-hmm. Definitely, right. rooting, definitely rooting for this team though. Yeah, it's a team of players I like. I'm a really big Gunless and Asim fan, and I have no issues with Kremp uh, and Dimacon as well. Uh, yeah. All right. This is kind of a weird thing. I just wanted to throw it in here because I thought it was funny. We don't really have to talk about it much, but uh, apparently teams are going to be wearing the same exact jerseys this season as they wore last season because the league had them commit to some two-year designs last season. Mm, uh, interesting. Obviously, like Miami and... Carolina will have new jerseys because uh, Carolina's not going to wear the London jerseys, and Miami's going to be wearing Heretics jerseys, not Mutineers. So obviously, like the the teams that are new, 
will have new jerseys, but uh, apparently like all the teams existing from last year are just going to be wearing the same jerseys, which, you know, for Activision is it's well, first of all, it's stupid because, you know, you like the new designs, but for Activision, I'm shocked they made this choice because that's going to hinder your sales. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm a Toronto Ultra fan and I already have a Toronto Ultra jersey and you release the exact same one again, I'm not going to buy another one. Yeah, but no I'm a big Toronto room. Ultra fan and you release a new jersey for the 2024 season, I'm going to be like, oh, cool. I love the Ultra. I'm going to buy another jersey maybe. Like for a, an organization that's as money hungry as Activision, I'm shocked that they're going with the same jerseys two years in a row. Yep. I, I am shocked too. They made a little like, oopsie there. <laughs> I mean, it's such a minor thing, but it's just like, why? Like, just give us new jerseys every year. Like, it would make you more money. Make you more money and the fans will love it. The more variety is just better overall. Yeah, it's and you give them already such little creative freedom with the jerseys. Just let them make a new jersey. Yeah, I would think the teams will, you know, want to make new jerseys every year. Cause it's just yeah, it's I mean, fun to do. Most of the teams, I mean, other than like probably Vegas, who just doesn't want to hire a single soul to do anything or do any yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, besides yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Um. All right, this is some juicy news we got next though, Brock. With this sledgehammer stuff, it was all over the timeline. It was a report from Bloomberg and like other reporters, like Jacob Hale and stuff, got in. Uh, Sledgehammer obviously countered because they kind of had to. So the report essentially said in a nutshell that like Infinity Ward was uh, like had their hand all over this game and was like sticking their nose in it and like had a lot of creative control over it, even though it was supposed to be Sledgehammer's title. Um, so like they could go in and be like, yeah, we don't want this. You need to do this. And like the people at Sledgehammer, the game designers who obviously know what they're doing more than some random executive. Mm -hmm. uh, were basically overwritten they like couldn't do certain things they wanted to do with the game uh so one of the changes that was made was to pick 10 apparently sledgehammer had picked 10 in for creative class in this game but infinity wards stepped in said no we can't do that and scrapped it uh jacob hale also confirmed this he said he hadn't reported it because it got scrapped so fast but during the offseason he had heard that pick 10 was in the game 100 and then he had heard a few years later or a few weeks later that iw stepped in and scrapped it um so now here we sit back with the gunsmith and uh, I saw a thing that said the TAC 56 the MW2 gun has a 196 different attachments that you can attach. Jeez. Why did in the it game. Just why did it be so complicated? <laughs> yeah, it like I don't even care if you're the biggest Warzone fan on earth, which is what a lot of this gunsmith is for, but just like yep. 196 attachments maybe it'd be different if it was a game like this is a terrible example too. It's just like what I thought of like Counter-Strike, a game that was out for 20 years maybe 196 attachments could work for a gun in that game because i mean obviously i know you don't do all these attachments on counter-strike guns but as an example like if call of duty was a game that was out for 20 years like that sure because you could create all these different metas maybe i guess you could come up with some logic but call of duty is out for 12 months and has like probably more like a six to seven month lifespan at best mm -hmm. for a lot of people like 196 attachments like i can't even like i'll be scrolling through all the like underbarrels i have to attach and i'll be on like attachment 24 and i'll be like i don't even remember which one to put on because i you can't even compare them when you have 30 to compare it's just too much yeah yeah you'll be scrolling for like five minutes with all of these attachments too <laughs> yeah i it's just unbelievable i just i can't believe that they would scrap pick 10 and you know we kind of i thought about it a little bit and i saw somebody tweeting about it like one of the leakers uh and it makes sense pick 10 doesn't allow them to have the gunsmith as much. And we know what's important to Activision. Yeah. Definitely. Those, those bundles in the store. Uh, mm -hmm. So very, very, very disappointing. 
but they scrapped that. And apparently they had so much control of this game that they ruined a lot of things and scrapped a lot of things. And I believe that because overall, as a developer, I don't have any issues with Sledgehammer. I never have. If if you go back on record, besides maybe a little bit on Vanguard and anything I've said about Sledgehammer, I've always spoke pretty positively about them. And I think you feel the same way. Yeah, for the like, most part, yeah. Overall, like they they come into the scene, you know, with AW. I like AW as a game. In fact, I love AW as a game because everybody knows I love jetpacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd say also AW overall pretty solid game. Yep. If I played it more, I would probably love that game. Yeah. And World War Two once again is it the best COD? Absolutely not. Pubs were awful, but competitive wise, World War Two a pretty solid game overall. Not the worst, not the best, but not the worst. Yep. Good ranking system too. Yeah. Uh, GB integration, which we'll talk about GBs in a little while also, like mm-hmm. one of the only games with that. Uh, and then also, you know, Vanguard, we know how you feel about Vanguard. You know, definitely uh-huh. not the best game, definitely their worst installment, but I feel like they may have had some other influences on them for that game. But you know what was decently fun to play for rank play? I'll give it that, just the cracked out gameplay. It wasn't the best game, absolutely not, but I had some fun on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely was fun with the maps that they had, definitely. Yeah. Just bow cage challenge everything for people that are just casually looking to play some rank play. It was kind of fun. Yep. Um, but apparently Infinity Ward stepped in and had so much control over this game. They ruined everything. Infinity Ward, like we talk about all the time, I there's no more sugarcoating it. We haven't been for a while, but they are just the worst developer. I just really would wish that they would never develop a Call of Duty ever again. Mm-hmm. The issue is they they developed a game that Warzone was created on, so their numbers look so good, which is all that executives care about. Yep, I see the numbers and, you know, let's keep going. Yeah, which, I mean, you can't blame executives. They're there to make money, and if something's making a lot of money, they're going to continue it, so you can't blame them for wanting Infinity War to keep making games, but for the actual community, it nobody likes them. I, I know the casuals do really like them, but I'm just saying Infinity War is the worst. Like, they haven't made a good game since MW3, the original. You can argue Ghost, whatever, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Infinite Warfare, but in my opinion, easily the worst of the three Jetpack games, but I mean, their recent games have been horrible. They are horrible. They ruin everything. Let Sledgehammer make their own game. Uh, yep. But some reliable leakers apparently said that they have no power over Treyarch's game, and Treyarch's development is going fantastic. I expect nothing less from Treyarch. Even with Vonderhaar gone, that's just a well-run studio, and they make incredible games. Mm-hmm. And apparently that they said Infinity Ward has no hand at all in their game or any power over them. So I love to hear that. You do love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I wish. I'm gonna say, I wish the pick ten was just in for rank play. Oh my god! Obviously, they don't want to split the player base by changing them, but pick ten is just so superior, so simple. Like, I mean, a perfect example. Also, this is OG Fortnite coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, simplicity in games to a point is good. Like, you don't want the most basic, simple thing ever, but like. People like the OG Fortnite because the loot pool was just so simple. It was like, here's your AR, here's your shotgun, here's your tack shotgun, uh, here's your suppressed SMG, your regular SMG, here's your auto sniper, your bolt sniper, your rocket launcher, your grenade launcher. Like just a very simple loot pool. And really good guns are really rare, so then it like makes it feel rewarding to have a rare gun, but it's just overall simple. Yep. And but enough complication that there's like wrinkles to it. Same with COD, like you want some complication, you want like different guns, you know, different ways to customize your classes, unique maps, but pick 10, you just want a consistent, easy to log on. Like I can log on, go
go through the stuff and in two minutes or less have all my classes built or have some classes built or whatever. And I mean, yeah. pick 10 is just so superior. Two minutes for pick 10, 12 minutes for, you know, what they have right now with the gunsmith. 12 minutes to just find what underbarrel I want to use. Yeah, 10 minutes of scrolling for the reticle I want. Yeah, thank God for Twitter and social media and like these mm-hmm. pages that'll post like the meta weapons because uh, it would take me a full day to just go through everything and make them all. Yeah, literally. Shout out to social media people who yeah. post the meta guns. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about just for a second because I know this headline will give you pain. We had heard this leak like a while back and just, yeah, whatever, probably not true. Apparently, it actually was true. Sledgehammer apparently was planning to make Advanced Warfare 2 before they were asked to make this Modern Warfare 3 game. That is just pain. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine how excited I'd be right now if this was AW2 with jetpacks. Man. I wish. I wish jetpacks come back. <laughs> you know what? I might have to... I'm not going to do it, but I, I almost made a Bance-level declaration. How way back I made a declaration that I can never insult Bance. I'm not allowed to anymore after they won that major. I was about to say, I have so much respect for Sledgehammer for sticking their neck out there and being willing to make another Jetpack game or AW2 that <laughs> I would never insult them again. But who knows? I, I can't say that with a Sledgehammer game being out this year in case they really screw this game up. I have to reserve my right to criticize them. But shout out to them for being able to stick their neck out there and be like, you know what? We're going to make another Jetpack title or AW2. Um, we know a good portion of the community would hate that, but I, I respect it. Yeah, at least you know they're trying to, you know, get the jetpacks back. <laughs> trying to give us a good game, but Infinity Ward uh, and the the bosses over at Activision are stopping them. Yep. Maybe next trigger game. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, all right. Quick little piece of news from Challengers here: Havoc and Neptune are both stepping away from competing in Challengers. Neptune potentially looking to go back to Halo and Havoc, I would assume, is probably focusing on content because I know Havoc uh, had a pretty good momentum with his content this offseason. I think his YouTube was doing pretty well, uh, kind of taking off a little bit. And I think his stream was doing well. So um, happy to see that for him. Hopefully he, he goes and crushes it in content because, you know, he's kind of he's a good player. He's definitely a league worthy player like he, he can play. Mm-hmm. Um, and be on a solid team. But for him, it's like with the constant bouncing back and forth between being in the league and in challengers and whatever, it's probably just better for him to just say, you know what? I'm just going to go focus on content if it's doing well for him because it's going to be a little bit more consistent. So hopefully he goes and crushes it. And then Neptune uh, potentially going back to Halo. I think he was pretty good over in his time in Halo. So we'll have to see how that goes for him. Yeah. Neptune really never like found his foot after the first year with Florida. No, he didn't. which is, uh, he's supposed to be like the, what they call him, like the next Shotzi movement. They were hoping Halo. he could get like that. Just, I mean, obviously the, the comparison mainly stems from the Halo comparison. Yeah. But, but he was supposed been, to be good. Yeah. Had some rough times in the, uh, the CDL, but, you know, challenges, you know, was a force, definitely. Yeah. And you could always see flashes of the talent, especially that first year in Cold War with Florida. Like, you watched him play, and it was like, you know, this guy's a capable player. He just... Never all clicked at one time. Then obviously the whole New York year happened and he apparently had like that injury and stuff. And just like Mm -hmm. you said, never really clicked for him. So hopefully it doesn't halo because talent flashes were always there. Like the the guy definitely has some talent. It's just sometimes it just doesn't all click and you maybe just don't have the right team composition and just doesn't work out for you, which is unfortunate because we'd love to see it work out for him. But hopefully he's able to find his footing again in halo. Yep. Or it could be like, you know, he's getting got bored of cards, you know, going back to halo. Yeah. It was a weird time to decide to switch. Game comes out. He apparently maybe he hopped on this game and he was like, "Nah, I ain't playing that." And just yeah, 
dipped out. <laughs> but he played NW2 last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for right. Havoc, I will say, you know, it is hard just bouncing back and forth, like you said. Just team after team after team, you know. Find some more stable, like his, you know, V2, like he's popping off, you know. Good for him. Good for Havoc. Yeah, and probably so stressful to just, like, I have a team. Oh, actually, no, I'm not in the CDL anymore. I have a salary now. Perfect. Oh, no, back in challenges. It's going back and forth. It's so stressful. We're like, if his content's doing well and he can do it consistent, there's so much less stress on him. Like, this is my thing. I do it every day. I'm making consistent money. I know where the check's coming in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's much easier on him. So that is good for him. Yeah. And he's been around for a while, too, competing. So maybe he's always been to... a really likable, entertaining dude as well. Yeah. Want something new adventure, I would say. Yeah. All right. Game battles, Brock. Sad news here. Officially closing its doors, shutting down on January 15th, 2024. So, you know, sounds weird because, you know, 2024 sounds so far away. But, you know, this is not far away. About two months from today, Mm -hmm. roughly. It's going to be shutting its doors. Incredibly sad day for a lot of people like us, our childhood playing GBs forever. Um, Everyone. Yeah. I mean, Activision took over the rights to game battles and MLG and just ran them into the ground and didn't use them. They just, you know, made all these franchise leagues and like the Overwatch League is dissolving. Who knows? Maybe the CDL soon. Um, I know Microsoft, since they acquire Activision, they acquire the like the rights to these titles. So are these entities, I hope they, you know, put some love into these and maybe rework them specifically MLG because there's just so much untapped potential. There still really isn't a great site who runs tournaments online. Um, and, you know, we might be venturing into a world where franchise leagues are kind of dying out as we see with Overwatch League. So we might need these yeah. grassroots orgs like MLG and, and, you know, game battles and all that to to run esports again. Yeah. Sad to see, but I will say, if they are, obviously, game battles are shutting down. You know, then you have some ranked play, like, off launch. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's tough. It's so sad. It's such a... Such a nostalgic thing for us and like all of these like people our age and stuff. Like GBs was our thing because like it might sound hard for a lot of you, you know, you young people out there that play COD now, but like we didn't have ranked play for a while. Like mm-hmm. in COD, it got introduced in Black Ops Two, but then you know the following year with Ghost, the ranked play system was horrible. Uh, and AW, I don't remember it as much. Obviously, then Black Ops Three, we had a pretty fun one. IW didn't even really have one. Um, then we go to World War II where we had one, but for a long time there, it was very inconsistent. Like even as soon as, or like as recent as Modern Warfare 19, didn't even have a ranked play. Yeah. So like we've gone inconsistent every year in the game. Like it, it might be hard for some of you to believe, but there was a legit question back in the day. Like we're we even going to get a ranked playlist. Yeah. Well, wasn't, it, wasn't it, uh, IW didn't have a ranked play at all. No, they had like integrated GBs and that was it. Man. Yeah, they had nothing. No rank play. Mm, that's just absurd. <laughs> yeah. Like it's back in those days, like we had we had a question if we were even gonna get a rank play. So like for people like us that just really enjoyed playing competitive matches, um, like game battles was our thing. That's what we had to go to. Mm-hmm. You would play S and D chals or variant chals and like at the time we were playing way back then, we were not nearly good enough to play tournaments, so we weren't really playing uh, tournaments. But like being able to play those competitive matches was super fun. We didn't have ranked play, and like for a lot of people, it was where they played their tournaments and made their money, and a lot of people went pro off that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just very, very sad because it is such a high potential thing. And there is a ton of people out there that want to play online tournaments and play competitive stuff, but it just, it just died. And you know, they're just, the love wasn't put into it that needed to be. And like, I mean, I know you have the same fond memory of GBs that I do. It's just black ops four yep. black ops four, my sophomore year of college. Uh, my really? one of my, well, I guess he wasn't my roommate at the time, but he lived on the floor below me in this apartment. Uh, we would play with him and you and me and two of our other friends. And we've talked about this before on, on the podcast, but it was like I had a nine, nine o'clock class the next day and it'd be like 11 o'clock midnight. I have already like finished my homework, written my papers. I'm like, all right, let's hop on first some Black Ops 4 GBs before rank play was out. And then it'd be like 11 o'clock and I'd be like, all right, next loss, I'll go to bed. Then all of a sudden it'd be 4 a.m. We haven't lost. Yeah. And then I have class in three hours, four hours. I'm like, shoot, I really need to go to bed. And I was just losing sleep playing those GBs. And mm-hmm. we were getting towards the top on the GB ladder in that game. And like that, that's my fond memories of, of GBs. Yeah. Dude, just playing against like top teams, you know, and, you know, maybe, maybe not winning, but, you know, just knowing you can compete with like the top 200, top 100 people when you're yeah. so low. And, and you also know that everyone is going hard. So. I just love the competitiveness out of it. Yeah, and there's like so many memories that are created off it, like random things we still talk about to this day, like with our friends. Like we play with one of my cousins that, like at the time, especially was just barely getting into Call of Duty, so was not good, not nearly good enough to be playing GBs, especially against top teams, because it was like Black Ops Three was like his first game, and we're playing, and we still talk about it to this day. He was in that little, I forget what you call it, quad or whatever it was called on Fringe. Over by tin, like that little like square over by the barn where you could jump in and I forget. I think we call it quad. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he's over there in a, like a one v three round eleven in like the game three of our GB series against like a top twenty team. Um, we had no business being in the game with him. They were way better than us. And he's like in a one v three in a corner. Dude can barely pick up a kill in a GB, and he one v three's like a top twenty team to win us the series. Yep, yep. Like, we're talking <laughs> in pubs in this game. He's like a point six player. Yeah, you know, any one v threes. Yeah, one v threes did not move. You know, outplayed him. I guess yeah. he outplayed him by just not outplaying them. He sat in one corner of the map and shot them all in the back as they crossed at different times because they were like, "There's no way this guy's playing the same corner repeatedly." And he just sat in a corner. They all jetpacked over, and he just one by one killed them all mm-hmm. for a one v three. Like we're talking a point six KD pubs player. One v three is the top twenty team. Yeah. Definitely, that should not be happening, but you know. Yeah, like insane moments. I even have great memories of like when I discovered what GBs was back in like Black Ops 2. I was nowhere near good enough to be playing them, like get smoked. But I remember like making teams with my friends and like we'd be like 2 and 30 because we were just, we had no business being on there. But like it was so satisfying every time we got a win. Like when we get our first win, like it was so fun to be able to enter that in and like, Oh my God, we got our first win. Like, are we, are we going to win another one? Then now we lose 12 straight, but yeah. Also just like the progression of like you losing a lot. And then you, you, you know, see the, see the practice you guys put in and then winning happens. See the record going up. Well, especially for people like us that like when we first got on the site, we were nowhere near good enough to even be playing GBs. Like we were horrible. Yeah. And we'd have like a two and 30 team. We disband. And then our next team would be like 10 and 30. And it was like, okay, like, hey, we made some improvements. We're still horrible, but we made some improvements. And then all the way to the point where we're all of a sudden we're 500. We're 15 and 15 or something in our next team. And then going to the next title, we're 20 and 10 to start the year. And then fast forward to Black Ops 4, where we played a million GBs and we're like 100 and 
like 110 and 15 or something. Yeah. Where we're winning I, 10 matches to every one loss, like just the progression you see. Like we couldn't mm-hmm. win a match before and now we almost never lose. Yep. I just love the progression of, of you know, getting better. Mm-hmm. And you know, the games could fix themselves. They could make in-game tournaments and all that stuff just directly built into the game, but um they just hate rank play and don't want to see it progress, so they they probably never will do that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Last thing we got to talk about, Brock, uh, after we talk about that sad, sad topic, um, mm-hmm. is our thoughts on MW3. We got our hands on the full game. A um, couple main things I wanted to touch on was thoughts on the armory unlock system. It's weird. I don't think you've gotten to it yet because I don't know. You get to level 25. I think you were like maybe just below it. I just recently got to 25 when we were playing yesterday. Yeah. So you get to 25 and you can do like the daily challenges. You have to like queue something up. And once you do three daily challenges with it queued up, you unlock it. Uh, and then, like, once you've done your three dailies, every win you get also gives you a point to unlock more stuff. And each thing is, like, behind a three daily challenge paywall. So, like, that's where, like, the covert sneakers for Dead Silence are, the ACR, uh, Semtexes, like, random things, ghosts okay. are all behind there. So, like, I don't know. I respect the thought of a new thing, but just, once again, we're doing too much. Yep. Just make Jeez. everything like it normally is. Like I unlock this at level nineteen, this at twenty, this at twenty one, this at twenty two. Just make it like I just have to level up to unlock everything. That's what it should be. We don't need this fancy system to do all this. Yeah. Just be simplistic. Yeah. I I respect the the wanting to change it and the idea overall isn't horrible because it does do some positive things. Uh it makes people try in pubs for the win. Mm-hmm. You don't have as much like spawn killing and stuff like that. You know, I'll still go out and try to spawn kill and, you know, get my kills up because I'm playing pubs. But it does make like, because like a lot of times what we like to do early in the game is like get a six man lobby and just go for a win streak. Mm-hmm. See how many games in a row we can win. And it makes it a little more fun because other people are also going hard for wins because they want their daily challenges done because every win you get another point for them. Yeah. So it kind of yeah. makes it more fun because everybody's going hard. Yeah, what, what you, what I was gonna say, what usually ends up happening, you know, we would, we're just all playing, you know, oh, we're down by 100, oh, let's start trying. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd win because people aren't really playing that hard for objective. Yeah, just there's a little thing like that. It's fun to do. Yeah, now it's a little harder though because people are trying. I guess that is one positive. So, you know, some things positive come out of it, but overall, I'd say it's a, it's a negative. Just give us the standard unlock system. But I respect mm-hmm. it for trying something different like that. Yep. Um, they had a couple fixes coming out that I wanted to mention quick. I just saw this right before we started recording. Good fixes, because I was going to touch on my biggest pet peeve on this game so far, but apparently there's a fix scheduled for it. One thing uh, is tax sprint. There's like a tax sprint delay right now. They Apparently, they have a fix scheduled for it already. That's good, because I didn't notice that. But my pet peeve for this game, Brock, I mentioned it we were playing yesterday, is the minimap red dots. I don't know if you even noticed it, but it was really, really, really triggering me yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, with the um, arrows. I don't think I really noticed it too much, oh. to be honest. Because that's one of my things. Like I always like subconsciously, like in my head, that's how I always made my plays. Like when I, you can see the arrow where it's like pointing up, where it means that they're on the level above you, mm-hmm. and the arrow that means like they're below you. And especially in this game, like a lot of these maps have a lot of elevation. There's a lot of two story and three story buildings and hop ups and stuff. And like normally, when somebody shoots or pops up on the radar, if they're above you, it shows the red dot with a little arrow up. Yep. If they're on a level below you, it shows the red dot with a little arrow down. Right now, that's not in the game. So you have no idea what level they're on. Mm-hmm. And now, apparently, that 
was a glitch. It's being fixed, and they're supposed to. They're the fix is already scheduled for them to show that. So I'm going to be so happy because it's such a little thing, but it was annoying me so much when I was playing. Yeah, that's a good fix, and the tech sprint delay also being fixed. Love yeah. that. There was like a couple other things that just because I haven't played a ton, I didn't even know were broken. EOD or Black Jacket apparently was like not working, and that's already got uh, a fix on the way as well. Mm-hmm. So little things like that. But overall, thoughts on on the full game? Anything you want to touch on? Um, thoughts. ARs are better than the subs. Oh yeah, definitely see that. I lo- like the slide cancel. We're back, baby. You love it. The maps mm-hmm. aren't bad. I like the maps for the most part. Besides, you know, maybe like the rail. Brachi. Yeah, <laughs> so big. It's just I so know. big. Yeah, so big. It's not very fun to play. <laughs> But other than that, you know, the times I played, I've been having a lot of fun. I feel like more fun than I had in uh, MW2 pubs. Yeah, it's uh, definitely better than MW2, uh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I don't know. I, I overall think the game's pretty good as well. Like, there are obviously little things, but once again, there's never been a perfect COD that's ever existed. No matter how much I love uh, the Black Ops series 2, 3, 4, there's never been a perfect COD. Um, there's always going to be little things, especially in pubs that are annoying. There's going to be cheesy stuff. But overall, I think this is the most positive I felt about a game uh, on the launch weekend of COD since probably Cold War. Yeah. I feel better right. about it than uh, Vanguard or MW2, which are our right. last two titles. I, I feel probably since Cold War, at least, I've, it's the most positive I felt. Yeah. I would also have to agree with that. One thing I think that like I don't think people are going to talk about because they're so in love with the MW2 maps right now is a thing that could really make or break this game for me is I know they have they say like at the season one launch and the mid season for season one and even two they have a lot of 6v6 maps coming out. I think that's something that could make or break the game for me is like I think we need some good new 6v6 maps not only I mean for competitive but for pubs as well like nostalgia and stuff can only carry you so long like some of these maps are just not great in general like wasteland mm-hmm. not a great map derail not a great map like some of the mw2 maps don't play as well there aren't a ton like scrapyard which used to be played for competitive feels very small mm-hmm. with how fast the movement is so they're saying they're probably not going to play that in ranked or competitive so i think this game could be made incredible if we actually get some good 6v6 pub maps that we can add to the competitive map pool as well as add new stuff to the pubs map pool like that that could take this game from being like a good game to me to being a really great game is if we get some new maps mixed in with the old so we have some mm-hmm. fresh some old that we know work well and um for both pubs and ranked i think it can make the game a lot better if those maps end up working out i think that that's like the biggest thing that has to hit for me yep some fresh good six six new maps mm-hmm. also from what i've seen Unless I miss something, I we need a little buff to the subs. Yeah, we definitely do. I'm using that thing. It's literally a nerf bullet. Yeah, I mean, with the way that we play ranked, if we're playing with like our normal four, you typically get to play more of like a flex role mm-hmm. and run an AR a little bit. I'm stuck on a sub, so for my sanity, I'm gonna need those subs buffed a little bit because typically what we see is the subs end up not being as good for the most part in general across the whole class of guns. The ARs off launch tend to be a little bit better. Um, so what I'm doing right now. I like to go for mastery camels as long as I'm having fun in pubs. I did it in Black Ops 3 and 4. I don't think I've done it in a game since Black Ops. Oh, no, I did Cold War. Yep. 
I got Dark Matter and Cold War, I forgot. But since Cold War, I haven't gone for a Mastery Camo as much because just hopping on Vanguard and MW2 pubs, I knew right away there's no chance I'm playing enough to get it. But I like this game, you know, as I'm playing it. Who knows if I'll get it or not. But as I'm playing it, I'm going to start going for it. Yep. Start going for the camos, and I'm definitely going to be doing the ARs first because I'm just going to pray that by the time I get to the subs, they buffed them a little bit. Yep, definitely. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah, but overall, unless you have any other thoughts... We can wrap it up because I'm feeling pretty positive about the game so far. Obviously, always going to be complaints, but overall, I feel pretty good. We got we're we're in for a potentially good year. Yep. We always got to be cautious with Call of Duty, but we're potentially in for a good year. Yep. Uh, no, I was going to say you know, kind of just waiting on rank play to come out eventually. So I play some GBs for the time being, stuff yeah. like that. Thankfully. Rank play is supposed to potentially come out in January, we're hearing, which is when GBs are shutting down. But we definitely will have to get at least some Search and Destroy GBs or some Variant GBs in just to to pay our respects for the OG yep. passing away. Mm-hmm. Man. Other than that, got nothing else. All right. We'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to, to crush that like button, that sub button, that comment button like you guys did last week. You really, really, really crushed it. We appreciate it. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. You know, going to go chop this one up, edit it, probably end up playing a little Call of Duty after this and um, hopefully getting a few more gold guns. So that's going to do it for this one. Hopefully you guys are also enjoying playing the game. I know a lot of you out there are probably playing. Um, And yeah, that's going to do it for this one, and we will see you guys in the next one.